Ollie, we have Patreon. Breaking news. Breaking news here with Sex with Ghosts. We're now offering um, Patreon. And you can just be a supporter and give us a dollar a month. Or there's different tiers. We've even uh, created a goal for us. Um, if we reach 10 patrons, we're going to start producing some bonus content. So if you're interested in that, uh, check out our page. Some of the things we'll be offering is um, an Ask Us Anything. And if you're a super fan, we'll even create an episode around the requests that you make. If you ever have anything you'd like to suggest that you want from us, uh, send us an email at sexwithghosts at gmail.com and maybe we will take it into consideration. Also, of course, if you are unable to financially contribute, um, giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts is uh, equally as welcome. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you very much. We love you. Bye. Bye. If you just tuned in to this podcast, you're listening to Sex with Ghosts, Starry, Molly McBreen, and Bridget Flaherty. How was that? Was that like <laughs> NPR enough? I liked it. I liked it. Yes. I feel like I'm having an NPR day at home. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this. But it is the pagan holiday or the witch holiday of Maybon or Mabon, depending on what side of the pond you are on. <laughs> so, yes, I am making an apple pie right now. Oh. And I am making apple whiskey. Ooh. Wait, does so apples have anything to do with the holiday or is it just a coincidence? Kind of, I, I mean, sure. The short answer, because it's about seasonal change, and I feel like I, I probably should look into this more, but I feel like apples are definitely American-centric fall item. Yeah, so our producer just pointed out that Rosh Hashanah happened, and actually... Um, my partner is uh father's is jewish so we did celebrate and uh one of the things that we do is you eat apples with honey so that's fascinating that it kind of overlaps now is that like an american jewish experience or I is don't that no i tried to ask him about it and he was not really sure except for the whole idea that apples are like kind of uh, a beginning thing it's the new it's the jewish new year so perhaps it, apples are regarded as like a sacred fruit that i've read because of their i mean there's a mythology behind apples sure. that goes beyond americana right it's like the fruit of life You're right apple a day yeah. keeps the doctor away it's uh it's a lot of times put in place of the adam and eve story 
Uh, we really should have done more research on this, but I was not sure. So I apologize to our Jewish listeners if I just botched that. Hey, feel free to add us <laughs> and tell us what you think. Uh, tell us how wrong we are. We could use more uh, feedback. My sister actually just gave us some feedback. She listened to the Megan, you know my sister Megan. Um, she she listened to the Avril episode and she said that we ruined it for her. If you listen to that episode, we oh no, pretty early on. But she said we were so interesting that she kept listening and she listened to the entire episode. I I am concerned that that might happen, but hopefully uh, our listeners understand that we are are interesting enough to uh, make it a good topic. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your uh, faith there, Megan. Uh, you little bitch. It is spooktober, but it's also the start of football season. <laughs> We're coming up. Spooky uh, football season? No, but we are coming up on the third uh, week of the NFL. Anyway, not related. <laughs> um, I decided that we're going to draft Halloween candies. Have you ever done a draft, Bridget? Um, no. All right. So in a draft, you uh, choose uh, one, in this instance, candy. And then I cannot choose that second one. And then you cannot choose the first two and so on and we're gonna go uh up to five of our the best candies wait we're drafting our team of the best candies. yes exactly that's exactly what we're doing okay <laughs> um and you can go first can i pick um edibles yes and that's my number one pick well, specifically, oh, wait. oh, oh, yeah. No, I was gonna ask specifically. I would say I'm gonna pick the Camino, uh, watermelon lemonade flavor. Okay, that's five THC. Pop a couple of those, and you are set for uh, Halloween time. And if Camino wants to advertise with us, I'm your guy. That sounds like something we would be interested in endorsing. If you are selling weed and you <laughs> need some cheap advertisement, we will take uh, samples of your product and, and then we'll talk numbers. All right. So I'm going to go with a classic um, because I do love candy. And uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, it's the hundred grand. Have you ever had a hundred grand? Oh, yeah. I love those. I like them, but I never seek them out. Mm. It's yeah. never like, oh, I got to get that. Um, my second pick, which is probably my favorite candy, um, dark chocolate and caramel with sea salt. Mm. I was going to go with something like that as well for my second one, but I will not 
do that. Um, instead, I will pivot. Um, I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with my second favorite candy, which is actually my first favorite candy. And I was going to hold this until the end of the draft because I know you're not going to say it, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's on my mind and it's candy corn. I love candy corn. Ew, gross. I know, I know but I love it. I love it. I saw some stupid chart, those like favorite candies of the United States, and Iowa got candy corn. And I was like, I don't know any fucker in Iowa besides like the dying boomers are trying to push candy corn on people. Uh, Matthew and I are big candy corn fans. And uh, last year we made candy corn vodka. It was super fun. That sounds terrible. Um, what's, okay, I got to come up with something. Um, I would pick, um, ooh, uh, I'm going to say gummy bears. Ooh, black forest. I love gummy bears. So I'm going to choose, uh, Toblerone and I'm going to include both milk chocolate and dark chocolate Toblerone. Oh, going two ways. So how do we win this draft? I don't know. I think our our uh, listeners vote on it, and I think you're gonna win because you have gummy bear or gummy. <laughs> oh, gummies. I get the good gummies yeah, and the fun it's gummies. It's true. Okay, guys, at us your vote, <laughs> and uh, maybe next episode we'll we'll read <laughs> we'll read your comments on what you think of our draft picks. Um. The peach rings. Oh, that's good. Or not the rings. Sorry. The the they're round. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. I definitely was a big fan of those. There used to be a uh local candy store in the old Capitol Mall, and I loved getting those there. I used to do that in the mall in my home too. Mm. Wasn't that back in the day when there was local candy stores? I'm going to go with Swedish Fish. Oh, that's a weird one. I love Swedish Fish as well. I worked with a woman who was huge into Swedish Fish. She's listened to like a couple episodes. Amanda, if you're listening, this is your shout out, you Swedish Fish freak. Um, I also have tried Swedish Fish vodka as well. Maybe there's a a theme going on here. I do like candy vodka (laughs) or like candy soaked vodka or candy soaked you know what i mean yes i do it's like doing a shot but like with candy are we going up to five um if you can if you can make it if you're if you're done is that a challenge it is a challenge uh okay oh wow what do i i kind of cheating i'm cheating because i brought up a a list of candies Can I do more weed candy? Uh, sure. As long as it's a different type. Yeah. I'm going to say the chocolate-covered espresso beets. Mm. Also made by Kiva. Kiva makes the Caminos, and they make the trademark chocolate-covered espresso beans. Look, guys, let me do your spawn. You know what? I also just love regular chocolate-covered espresso beans. So, You're going to pick the sober ones? Um, no, no, I'm not. 
because that would be cheating. I don't think so. Instead, I feel like there's a good enough line of like, well, yeah, you're probably right. But I still want to go with uh, different, different stuff. And so I am going to go with Andy's mints. I feel like you're playing up um, the sober listeners. Well, to be fair, I this is my first uh, time living in a state where um, weed is legal, so I have never had weed before today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me tell you a couple things, you lying bitch. <laughs> I have definitely seen Molly uh, smoke weed. Have I seen you eat weed? Yeah, we used to eat weed. I think, didn't you make cookies? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, and I made cookies. I think I remember one time just sitting at your house and we ate like a whole batch of cookies. We definitely have. Started with like, I'm just hungry and it ended with like, I am a fucking zombie. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. Wait, how many? I don't even know what we're on right now. That's five. Okay. I feel like that's enough. Come on. All right. My runner up is Cadbury cream eggs because I love them. Wait, you're doing a runner up? <laughs> What's that? Like your bench player? Yes, my bench player is Cadbury cream eggs. My bench player is um, uh, the Reese's peanut butter cup. Classic. Yeah, it's, that's as classic as I'll get for you folks. All right. Thank you for listening to our absolutely silly draft. Back to the show. But seriously, send send who's better. I know it's mine. <laughs> it is obviously stuff, but given this uh, first initial question, what what do you think the topic is today, Bridget? <laughs> oh my God, is it razors and apples? Yes, it is. Yes. That's as Halloween as you get, motherfucker. I know. I wanted to go with a heavy Halloween theme just to make it clear that we are in Spooktober. As we know, poison candy on Halloween is a common urban legend. Um, While looking into the poison candy myths, I came across the story of the monster with 21 faces. And although this is not related to Halloween, it is related to poison candy. And, but we will also go back to the origins of the myths, and I will quiz Bridget on uh, the facts of poison candy. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so the monster with 21 faces, uh, also known as Kaijin Nijuichi Menso. On March 18th, 1984, uh, the president of Company Glico in Japan uh, was kidnapped by three men while he was soaking in a tub in his home outside of Kobe. Uh, Glico is famous for its sweet uh, poutine pudding, Pocky, that's the one everyone knows, and then Glico caramels made with health boosting oyster glycogen. The Pocky are the sticks. Yes, they are. With like yogurt usually or chocolate. Um, they have all sorts of flavors. Yeah. Uh, the two armed hooded men showed up at his mother's house, tied her up, 
and got the key to Gligo's house next door. Uh, the men showed up at his house and tied up his wife and daughter. They cut the phone lines and entered the bathroom where he was soaking and brought him to an isolated anonymous warehouse. So this is a Black Mirror episode. Continue. Yes. Uh, the A ransom note was found for uh, a billion yen, which is about 4.3 uh, million 1984 U.S. dollars and uh, 220, 220 pounds of gold bullion. Um. However, two or three days later, uh, depending on where you read this information, Izaki escaped the warehouse prison. Uh, soon after, though, uh, fires believed to be the works of arsonists uh, broke out at Glico plants, and an anonymous telephone caller told the company that 1.3 million payoff would end the harassment. Um, in May, uh, a group, the group now signed off as the Monster with 21 Faces sent letters to Osaka news organization, the organization saying cyanide lace packs of legal candy had been placed on store shelves. Uh, so uh, the newspaper publishes this and uh, everyone panics. All the legal candy is pulled. Uh, the assets plunge and they have to lay off a thousand workers. Uh, the, over the next um, few months, the newspapers publish follow-ups um, filled with taunts, jokes, and useless clues, uh, including most, most were goading the police officers Quote, dear dumb police officers, don't tell a lie. All crimes begin with a lie, as we say in Japan. Don't you know that? I don't want to interrupt your story already. This is crazy. There's a good chance that, like, anyone could be writing in, right? Yes, and, yes. And nothing's more fun than going after cops. It's true. The Japanese police force assign 200 national and local officers to the case, um, and they still cannot figure it out. Um, at one point, they instruct Glico employees to appear at a particular phone booth. Um, disguised police officers show up, and so they don't call, and they send in a letter saying, you thought you could fool us dressed up as in your nice businessman blue suits, acting like salary man, but those shifty eyes gave you away. Uh, so, many... Uh, there's a lot of uh, thoughts on who might have uh, done this. Uh, some say it might have been disgruntled former employees who lost their job during a merger. Uh, some Wait, what? <laughs> well, you know, I don't. I, I, this is just a hypothesis. Um, many people believe that it might have been a personal vendetta against Mr. Ozaki because. How else would they know that his mother lived in, in the house next door and had a key to his house? And also, like, apparently they knew what the layout of the house was. Very, very suspicious. Um, other people say it might have been stock manipulators uh, trying to drive down the price of Glico shares. 
um, apparently there's also shadowy organizations that say there are civil rights groups, but are supposedly fronts for racketeers. And that, that still exists. Sure. Yes. Yes. And especially, I mean, I think we talked about this already, the Yakuza in Japan, like we don't know how much they control. Yeah. Uh, however. Or who they work with. <laughs> I mean, thugs, traditionally, air quote, thugs work with politicians. Like, these, all these people are connected. Yes, and, and a lot of people thought maybe there might be people in, in, in the police, um, the off, office of the police, the police department uh, connected the groups, people who are employees of him who are connected, all sorts of uh, weird, crazy things. Um, in addition, police officers thought that Mr. Zaki may have not been telling all he knew. Because um, he fucked a pig. I'm just kidding. That's a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the head of the National Public Safety Commission uh, says, right from the beginning, we haven't been getting much help from the Glico president. Um, so now, I think believe uh we're gonna take a little bit of a break and talk about uh poison candy so bridget when do you think the first recorded poison candy incident happened i feel like wait are we going strictly halloween poison candy or are we going okay halloween poison candy because people in the 1500s love poison Sure, that's fair. That's just, that's just a well-known fact. But yes, in relation to the myth of Halloween poison candy. Okay. So I also have to. I'm I'm weighing this over like I'm a <laughs> millionaire. Nice. And I have to think how long have people actually been trick or treating for? Mm, right? Good point. In, in the context that we know it as today. So I would say the first poison candy incident was the 1970s. Mm. It actually dates back earlier than that. However, the 70s were a big uh, era for era for uh, poison candy. In 1959, <laughs> <laughs> Will- it was a huge era, but. Not quite there. No. Okay. 1959, William Shine, a dentist, gave candy-coated pills, uh, uh, which were laxatives, to trick-or-treaters. What? <laughs> yes. Uh, Why did he want kids to shit themselves? I do not know, but he was charged with outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs. I mean, I thought just because he was a dentist, right? He does not approve of candy. Yeah, but that's that's pretty. What that's like? Um, okay, what what do you do, Molly? You're a CPA, <laughs> yeah. so what what's something that irritates you when people lie on oh, their forms? Oh, sure, sure. So <laughs> you just create <laughs> trick questions. Yeah, to no, show people no. how dumb they are. I don't know. No, he was probably just a kind of insane person. Um, oh yeah, just just a smidge, maybe. <laughs> Similarly, uh, in 1964, a disgruntled woman uh, named Helen Feel, 
Isle was arrested for handing out ant poison, dog biscuits, and steel wool to kids. Uh, well, that just sounds like a dementia problem. That's fair. Um, when questioned, she said that she was joking, and uh, she felt she gave the items to the kids who she felt were too old to be trick or treating. Um, her her husband confirms that she was giving real candy to the other children. Um, she also told the older children that it was a joke. Um, yeah, I'm on her side. <laughs> I know. I think if you that's way different than like a razor in your apple or like getting laxatives and shitting yourself. Like someone handed me dog food or steel wool i'd just be like oh okay this person is clearly off their rocker but like eating a laxative and then shitting yes all over your nice beautiful (laughs) costume that's pretty sick man i can i understand um the when she was uh on trial the or the judge did commit her to a hospital for examination um after that and and that's not like her husband corroborated yes. her story. So that's even more extreme where she was just like, I'm literally taunting people too old for this, which is, I mean, come on, lady. That's a weird opinion, but I get it. And her husband's like, yeah, totally normal, fun <laughs> prank lady. People say trick or treat. She chose trick. Yeah. <laughs> the dentist chose a problem that could have more severe side effects than just shitting yourself. I mean, if you take a laxative and your gastrointestinal system is not set up for that, you know, you could shit yourself to death. This lady was giving, I don't, I don't like this ruling. I don't like what's going on here. I mean, it was. Judge Bridget. <laughs> it, it was 1964, so perhaps it was uh, more of a, like, uh, let's commit women to mental Oh, yeah, they loved doing that. They really did. So, Bridget, how many uh, candy tampering instances do you believe have happened since the first poison candy? What year did we decide the first one? It was? was in 1959. Okay, and then we have to account for all the lead paint murders of the 1970s and 80s. Yes, and I can well, I can give you a I I did do a little uh multiple choice. So okay. uh you can do uh under 100, 100 to 500, 500 to 1000, 1000 to 10,000 or over 10,000. The middle one, the 500 to 1000. All right. So I totally cheated, and it's under 100. I mean, that makes sense, too. Yes. It's just that, you know, I'm accounting for all the lead paint. Sure, sure. So this is all based on uh, uh, a sociologist at the University of Delaware named Joel Best, who specializes in candy tampering tampering legends. Uh, He has, uh, that's his job. So he gets his tenure from publishing every Halloween about the safety of eating candy. Uh, perhaps that's how that guy gets a paycheck. Um, but and people he- want to come after socialism. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Um, but but he's actually a good guy because he has actually found that there are fewer than 90 instances uh, that qualify as candy tampering. Um, none of them were random attempts to harm children. Uh, most cases were adults attempting to gain financial compensation or children trying to get attention due to the uh, fear of uh, the, the candy poisoning fear and uh, the copycat effect of that. That's got to be like, I mean, most crime we can say is committed by someone the victim yes, knows. that's very true. So it is very similar in that, that instance. Like the only way you're going to get a true we're just poisoning random children is the guy handing out candy outside of a federal building. Ooh, that's dark. Because those are going to be children of federal employees and that is what terrorists go after oh. as we have seen. <laughs> that's very dark. Well, dark or reasonable. I mean, not reasonable like I'm justifying what they're doing but what the the actual sure, hypothetical the scenario yes, would be. Yes. Uh, so the rate is one to two per year. Uh, most involve friends or family. Um, they're pranks. Um, interestingly enough, almost all involve sharp objects. So the poisoning is less likely. The sharp object, more likely. Uh, Wait, it's less likely a, a sharp object, more likely cyanide. No, more likely sharp object, less likely Oh, cyanide. really? Yep. That seems like um, a lot more work. Yeah, and I, yeah. Like you're a cry for help. Like I want to get caught. That's yes, because that's a good point. Because it's very obvious that the sharp object would be there, and you can only have like one or bite into something where you're like, oh, that's fucked up, and you spit it out. Versus like poison, where you're like. Nothing seems wrong here. It just tastes a little bit more like almond than normal. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <sighs> so uh, in the book, in, a, in Candy, A Century of Panic and Pleasure by Samira Kawash, uh, believes that this panic uh, relates to the Industrial Revolution when food production is moved outside the home and local areas to strangers with unknown ingredients and unfamiliar processes, which does kind of make sense. Uh, Bridget, how many deaths are attributed to eating Holly ha Halloween candy? Wait, shit, I already told you the answer to this. Damn. Uh, anyway, it was supposed to be from a stranger, but I already said zero. It's zero. That's the answer. Zero is the answer. Um, However, uh, many, many deaths were initially considered, thought to be from poison candy. Um, in 1970, uh, Kevin Tostin, a five-year-old boy from De the Detroit area, uh, found an eight heroin his uncle had stashed. Uh, the boy died following a coma, and the family attempted to claim the drug had been sprinkled on the child's Halloween candy. <laughs> oh boy. So it it was not. But I mean, that's a yes. <laughs> that's a good one. I shouldn't be laughing, but um yikes. Cuz 
I mean, opiates are in most over-the-counter drugs in some form, right? So the amount of heroin you'd have to eat to die. Yeah. It's it's probably not a lot, but it's also a lot. I mean, it's not just it was like a, a five-year-old, so he's kind of tiny, right? Well, know. and it's it's opiates, yeah. right? So, like, what's the opiate death like? Like, a, asphyxiation or, like... I have no idea. Like, it would have to be, a, I think, a significant amount. Uh, I mean, I would imagine that a kid eating heroin would be, like, not, yeah, not aware of... Also, what does heroin taste like to eat that much no heroin? Idea. Especially since, like, yeah, I can't taste good. So what was the child thinking? <laughs> it, was, it tastes like pumpkin spice. That is actually what pumpkin spice is. So if you didn't know why you're addicted to your PSLs. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um I actually saw a good uh, meme about pumpkin spice and uh, it was saying, oh, pumpkin spice is just the flavoring of uh, pies and uh, other savory uh, spicy things and that the people who are shitting on pumpkin spice are really just uh, misogynistic towards women who are... uh, leaving the house to get coffee and uh do live their lives instead of standing in the kitchen interesting interesting stuff okay so the first actual death by poison candy uh on october 31st 1974 uh ronald o'brien gave cyanide laced pixie sticks to five children including two of his own what? Yeah. Wait, two of his own. Of his so own? this isn't just like, I hate kids. It's like, I hate every kid, including the ones that I may have helped make into God's green earth. Uh, perhaps. Uh, his son, his eight-year-old son, Timothy, did die. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, after trying it, Timothy was said to have said uh, it was very bitter and didn't t- taste right, so... You would think, yeah, it would, you would think they would notice. Eh, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, but with cyanide, I don't think you need as much as heroin, like heroin. I'm guessing you need a lot more of cyanide, maybe a little less of to die. If you're a doctor or, um, have a good, great understanding of poison, uh, feel free to at us, (laughs) but, um, this is nuts. This <laughs> own kid. He's like, I definitely won't look guilty now. Uh, luckily, the other children did not eat the candy. The one of them, uh, the not uh, one of his children, uh, took it home. And then his mother said, you cannot eat this today. You can eat it tomorrow after school. But then his friend died. So he did not eat it. <laughs> Wait, so the only kid to die was his? Yep. Yep. That's even, that's, that's either a very long drawn out abortion or this person is mentally like out there. Well, I, so I think that he meant for the other children to eat it. They just didn't. 
Uh, but he didn't stop his own kid. He could have been the hero <laughs> of this messed up story that he started. Well, uh, so, so, so supposedly he gives this stirring eulogy at his son's funeral um, and claims, oh, the pixie sticks came from a different house. Um, so tons of suspicion is cast on this other house. However, um, the investigators soon find that he had taken an insurance policy out on the children. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, they actually found an adding machine tape with all of his bills that came out to an amount very close to what he stood to gain from the insurance policies. That's also pretty wild math on his part. Yes, like. indeed. Okay, <laughs> so I owe MasterCard at least 2000 and. Hey, Timmy. I think dad's gonna take care of you. Wink, wink. Um, He was convicted and executed by lethal injection 10 years later. Yikes. So back to the 21... The monster with 21 faces. So the mystery man with 21 faces sends a letter and it says, uh, we're tired of messing with the Glico company. Uh, However, uh, they then uh, send extortion letters to the Moringa candy company. Warning of... So now they're just hitting up all the candy companies. Yes, yes. Uh, They... uh, Warn of unspecified action unless the company pays uh, the yen equivalent of $410,000. Now, these candy companies are not exactly like huge corporations in Japan. So it's, it's kind of mysterious why they're being targeted. But what was the second amount they were asking for? 410000 yen, or the equivalent of U.S. dollars. So the last one, they were like, we need $4 million. Yes, yes. And they're like, that guy with the eight-year-old, and we're like, look, we're just trying to get out of debt, and we just have about a 410000 to clear. So we're lowering our, our asking price. Yes. And also, they never received any of the money from the Glico uh, issue. So perhaps they realized maybe this was not going to happen. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> we didn't get that four million. Yeah. Maybe we should focus on just covering the bills here. Because, you know, I mean, that does make sense in a way because uh, if perhaps it's like how uh, nowadays uh, people are willing to settle just to avoid the court fees. Maybe, oh, we'll just settle and <laughs> avoid, the- settle and avoid the hostage fees. <laughs> Uh, however oh yeah yes. normal normal uh compromise there in the world of crime mm-hmm. i don't know uh, unfortunately in this instance packs of cookies and candies laced with cyanide were discovered in store shelves across central japan so they actually go through with it um oh so that's kind of spread out too so it's not like just in tokyo or something yes it's like 
throughout the country. It is, it is, which is kind of crazy, which is why I think they, they believe it's like more of an organization as opposed to a single person. Yeah, definitely. I, I would go along with that. Uh, they, they say that only one dose was sufficient to be lethal and, and no one died. And all of them carried typewritten labels on the outside warning that the contents were tainted. So they were not. What? <laughs> so they, they threatened to kill people with cyanide. And they're like, guess what, motherfuckers? We've poisoned your candy. And then on the candy that they poisoned, they're like, hey, guy. We're just trying to piss off some pig cops. Uh, but don't, don't you eat this. Yes, uh, it was uh, classic. Uh, however, um, then they can use the n- the next letter to say, "We will distribute thirty more boxes of tainted candy without the warning." Oh no! <laughs> uh, no one died from this poison. Uh, but Hershey's stock actually went up at the same time. <laughs> strange. Well, yes, the Moringa candy uh, did drop to 20 cent- 22 cents a share. So Ooh. it was not great. Um, so their letters and tactics are really more theatrical. Uh, they never, like even in the second instance, they, they never got any money. Um, The letters were also written in a dialect associated with Osaka, which is uh, supposedly a unpretentious anti-capital location. So uh, the the Osaka slang is a kind of easily able to convey uh, humor. So they believe that... uh, even though there was this murderous intent, uh, well, supposedly, um, the subtext is, why so serious? So they've been Jokerified. Yes. And Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski? <laughs> Jokerified in that, you know, why so serious, obvious. Ted Kaczynski in that they're using the, the dialect, right, to figure out the meaning which is exactly how old teddy boy got outed folks be careful about the language you're using in your um letters to the police but this was before ted kaczynski right uh yes well 84 yes yeah so that's kind of interesting so these fbi guys who are acting like (laughs) goddamn geniuses i feel like they did not come up with their brilliant schemes hmm. fair uh the uh the japanese newspapers got yet another letter uh to moms throughout japan in autumn when appetites are strong sweets are really delicious when you think sweets no matter what you say it's moringa we've added a special flavor the flavor of potassium cyanide bitches it won't cause tooth decay so buy sweets for your kids. Wow. They've, they were jokerified before jokerified. Indeed. 
indeed. Uh, so after this happens, the police mobilize uh, 40,000 officers, 20% of Japan's entire force. They, uh, you know, uh, pour over surveillance videos, trace the typewriter, uh, set up special phone lines so people can call in. Uh, but every lead went cold and led to more mockery. Uh, they had a surveillance video of a man with curly hair and a baseball cap and glasses, which they uh, sent out. But uh, the, the, they got a letter saying, isn't the man in the video a splendid chap? Uh, you won't be able to trace us from anything we leave behind. Damn. This is before DNA, so they got a good point. Mm-hmm. So they, they, in addition, they, they continue to uh, demand money from other candy companies. So they demand 100 million yen from Fujia Company. Um, and then they demand 50 million yen from Suragaya. So they're just like candy companies. Let's harass them. No idea. This also feels like they're just getting desperate. Like <laughs> the amount of work for the Glee, what was it? Glee Co? Yeah. To get that guy. Yes. They had to like know his whole right. living arrangement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that didn't work out. So they were like, Let's just put a bunch of poison candy <laughs> with warning labels out and just start asking for random amounts because we did the math and we really have to pay off this MasterCard. It does feel like that. Um, in August of 1985, uh, Shoji Yamato, who was the head of the Shiga Prefecture Police, um, he blamed himself for failing to capture the monster with 21 faces. So he douses his body with kerosene and lit, lights himself on fire. That's such a... Uh, Japanese thing. Such a, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a white woman. Well, I mean, I'm saying that, but like... That's a bit extreme for like guys who are literally putting candy on shelves with warning labels like i feel like as a detective while while like this is probably very difficult and there are some cases where someone might get poisoned it's not like they bombed two towers or something it's like someone who can't read might accidentally eat some poison which is kind of the risk every day with tide pods like Ugh. It's not worth killing yourself for, man. Uh, this was too much even for the men with uh, the monster with 21 faces. Um, five days later, they send out their last letter. Uh, no career Yamato died like a man. So we de we've decided to give our condolences. We've decided to forget about torturing food making companies. We are bad guys. 
that means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to leave a bad man's life. Uh, the miss, the uh, monster with 21 faces then disappears. No. <laughs> so they do all this weird buildup. They ruin a man's life. They have fake poison candy out on shelves. One guy kills himself and they're like, that's not what we wanted. Like we've, they're, I've, to me, it seems like they're extreme socialists or something where it's right, like, right. we have to go after the corporations, which we all should every day. But then to give up because one person kills themselves, which shows how not serious any of it, like how jokerified the whole situation is. It's like, I've, I feel bad for the terrorists now. I want them to realize, like, this man's death has nothing to do with them. <laughs> because already, I think I already said, like, it's crazy this guy would even go that far to kill himself for people who are not proactively really killing anyone. Sure. They're yeah. just demanding money from corporations. And he's like, my life's work, which must be code for... My life is just shit in general, but this is a worthy enough cause to just say goodbye to everyone. I think it really does have more to do with uh, the Japanese culture because it's not a high crime uh, country. So first, just the the act of committing these crimes is kind of shocking. And then on top of that, the uh, fact that they're taunting the police that they're like sending out these letters is just kind of mind-boggling to most of the Japanese, I think. Are you are you calling me trashy now? <laughs> no. Because of my American disposition for favoring criminals? No, not at all. I mean, it's it's very possible that uh it, I mean, it does yeah, it just it kind of seems like a not crazy group but just uh like yeah they're just trying to fuck with people which is it's it's like a bad it's like a installation art gone bad <laughs> like we were just all joking yeah. and then he killed himself <laughs> uh is this what a few good men is about uh i don't know but there is a uh uh movie about this and also a podcast um, if you want to know any more information uh, all told the police investigated 125,000 people that's a lot of people they followed up on 28,300 public tips and they just could not figure it out so it's pretty crazy I mean yeah it's it's one thing to not, I don't know. It's hard to solve a crime where very little crime was actually committed. Like, yes, yes. Poisoning candy is obviously a crime, but there was warning labels. <laughs> like, this guy who killed himself, it's just like, 
I mean, maybe it is just super Japanese. I don't know, but come on, man. These people were just like the original pranksters or something. Like, candid camera was probably behind it. It. So one of their last letters, they say, who are we? Sometimes a policeman, sometimes a violent gang, sometimes a factory hand, sometimes a kidnapper. But our true identity is the monster with 21 faces. Isn't that the same letter from the Breakfast Club? I have no idea. I feel like this this whole situation was the inspiration for the Breakfast Club. But the guy who killed himself was the principal. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. they're like, who are we? <laughs> a prom queen and a... A nerd. I I see what you're saying. I see. Weirdo. All right. So that's the end of this uh, story, this episode about uh, candy crimes and Halloween candy poisonings. Candy crimes. You can find us on Twitter at uh, sexwithghost underscore. Uh, You can find me at MollyMM9. And our our Twitter handle is the same as our. Instagram yes. handle. And I'm Bridget underscore suck it. And rate, review us, give us feedback, email us, sexwithghostpodcast at gmail.com. Um, your rating and your reviews just help get a, the word out here that we exist. Uh, again, we love doing this. It's also nice to do it for more people. Um, and I mean, you are very special and absolutely. I couldn't thank you enough for listening to Molly and I just like banter like this. You are the OG listeners. You are the OG listeners. And one day we'll find a way to thank you so greatly from the depths of our giant hearts into your giant heart and there would just be love making between our giant hearts i just learned about active love um and i want to active love you oh we can uh tease the next episode which features a guest world renowned chap book author Marina Benzon. So if you're interested in hearing uh, what she has to say, please tune in to the next episode. Or if you like poetry. Uh, poetry. It's really amazing. I'm, I'm a big fan. So, I love you, listener. I love you, too. Okay, bye. Bye.